Welcome to Vidmark, a podcast to give you the video marketing knowledge to always hit the mark. Let us help build your confidence with video strategy and content creation best practices. Join us weekly for pro tips and guest interviews as we explore the powerful communication tool of video. It's time to boost your business. Let's talk video. We are live. All right, welcome back to formerly the Media Marketing Podcast, now Vidmark. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if I told you before this, but this is like in the pre preemptive stages of as I'm transitioning from one brand to another. I don't know if you've gone through rebrand, but it's quite the process. But Ryan, thanks for joining me on the on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to have you onto the show. I don't have a, a formal intro for you, but uh, owner of Kilowatt Media, do you want to explain a little bit about what you do and you know how we got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. I'm the uh, owner and founder of uh, Kilowatt Camping, Kilowatt Media. And so effectively, um, you know, I, I left my job of uh, five years at Tesla to help people understand the value of electric vehicles. So in, in two ways, I'm, I'm kind of making my way to help people understand the value that they could have from electric cars and, and just generally electric transport broadly. So I'm helping to, to do that with both like a, a small rental fleet of uh, electric cars and uh, making video content to help people see how they could, you know, themselves buy an electric car and how they could benefit from it. That's awesome. How, how does it feel to be like on the cutting edge of like where things are moving? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's definitely exciting because I, I've thought about making this transition for a good number of years. Back in 2017, I almost made this decision back then. And I could tell that it was so cutting edge that there wasn't going to be that much uh, content, uh, you know, that many stories to tell. And there weren't enough brands that were really contributing to that narrative. And so, you know, to feel like you're on the cutting edge, yeah, 2017, I, I was looking at that cutting edge saying it's, it's not, it's too, too sharp. And I, I can't sustain myself on that. And right now I'm trying to see like, you know, is it a market that's developed enough? And I really feel like it has, you know, every single week I, there's a, a new major news story of this auto manufacturer that's doing this thing, this auto manufacturer that's doing the other thing, all with electric vehicles, um, you know, at, at the core of, of what's most exciting in the automotive industry. So it's just now, in my opinion, shifting to where really this market is about to explode and just being there and, and actually like having my responsibility to, to have an opinion on all of it is it's really fun and exciting for me. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's actually really like wise too. like kind of noticing the market is trending there, but it's not, it hasn't, it's not like it hasn't matured, hasn't really developed. So you are yeah, creating, like you said, that you saw a big need. There's not a lot of content in that space. So you are feeling that need of like, educating people and explaining all the new things that are coming out. It is pretty qu remarkable how fast that industry is moving too. weekly new ways of I think maybe you can talk about that new video that you did where you uh, were able to get your car down from like half a second. And uh, you can talk about maybe, maybe that software update as well that Tesla did. Sure. Yeah. So uh, with, with the market changing constantly, there, there's a bunch of different players doing a bunch of different things. And what you're kind of queuing into there is, um, you know, Tesla has one of the more software driven approaches and a lot of you know, traditional auto manufacturers are um, you know, software is primarily for, you know, safety and infotainment and Tesla has built software from the ground up. So what's been awesome with, you know, primarily what I'm interested in because they're the leader in the industry at this time would be Tesla. And so I have a few Teslas and, um, you know, whenever they want, they've got like these little like strings they can pull to increase demand or, or just improve the customer experience. And one that just came out like two weeks ago was uh, they basically allowed for their non-performance Model Y to uh, purchase an acceleration boost. Obviously for most cars, you know, if you want to improve the acceleration, sure, you go buy a part at the store, you install it and you go you know, take it to, to a, a dynamometer and see how much it's improved your performance. Well, Tesla simplified that. So it's all just on your phone. You just say, hey, I want that additional half a second of acceleration, pay $2,000. The screen goes black for about 10 seconds. It comes back and I've got, I've got my half a second quicker car. Um, and so, you know, they, they mentioned that, you know, they, they figured out ways to, to make the car quicker. I, I personally believe that there's a degree of, you know, salesmanship in that. Uh, but what I love is that you've got now more consumer choice. Um, you can, you can save the money or, you know, every year you can upgrade just a little bit. Uh, so every year that they offer something. So 
I took advantage of that, downloaded the software update. That was awesome. Got to test it, got to show that that actually happened for consumers to say like, hey, this is a thing that you may not know was even there available in your car uh, that just came out. And then just now, two weeks later, just a couple of days ago, in the background, Tesla was like, you know, that wasn't good enough. I don't know whether they didn't have enough sales with the acceleration boost uh, or they just were trying to make the car more similar to some of their newer uh, upgrades that just came out. They rolled out fleet-wide every new car that Tesla sells. It has either longer range, better acceleration, some better, um, you know, design elements on the interior. Um, but to align with some of those more recent offerings, they've done what they can to backward to make it backwards compatible. So even though I just paid for half a second for two thousand dollars. I then dropped another 10th of a second overnight for free without doing anything else. It just, I looked at my infotainment and said, oh, you now are, I, think I bought the car at 4.8 seconds, 060. It went down to 4.3 and now it's down to 4.2. And so I was able to go out and test that again, make content about that. It's just, it's ridiculous that like Tesla can really kind of choose. They could have offered it for free. They could have charged for it. Um, but I've never seen any other automotive manufacturer, almost any other product that that has that degree of flexibility. You know, you don't get an iPhone with uh, 64 gigs of memory and they say, you know, six months later, or even at, at the point of sale, if you want to upgrade this down the road, you know, pay $50, pay $100 and you'll get that additional memory. So software locking uh, major hardware is a pretty interesting element to the car store that's never been there before. Dude, that is wild. And uh, I just want, yeah, the audience, I think right away knows that you, you know what you're talking about, Ryan, like you, you've been around Tesla's for a while. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, great perspective that uh, they're, they're totally different than a lot of these other automotive companies. Like, it's wild. It seems like they really do put the customer at, you know, the heart of what they do, and then creating little Easter eggs and things like that. Does that, it's just really unique. Do you think it's like kind of a group effort? Does it come from the top that they come up with all these ideas? It, 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 there's there's two answers to that question. One is, um, you know, because Tesla is a modern company, they're able to think um, more with uh, like modern customer customer in mind, and it's not uh, sectioned off by this. This team only does powertrain, and there's a separate team that designs the car and then has to merge it with the powertrain. That's a separate team that's in vehicle integration. It, it you know, almost everyone on any project can and does talk about how this car and how this experience is going to come together. The only exception to that would be kind of what you alluded to is some Easter eggs. So for example, back when we were actually back at Oregon, back at school, I was an intern for Tesla and three engineers on the, um, on the body controls team basically made the car dance to Christmas music, just, just for an internal kind of fun thing. Hey, did you know we could do this? We've got full control of the Model X doors, um, the lights, you know, and the mirrors, everything's controlled by one centralized system. So with that, and you know, with the audio infotainment, we can actually, from your touchscreen, basically trigger a little Christmas show. And so they did that internally. It was like, hey, look how cool that is. And then it, then it went broader. You know, Elon from the top down said, we want customers to experience that. And so in the short term, it was the two days before Christmas. I happened to already be in the area where other people from the company had already gone home for Christmas. So I was actually basically asked last minute, hey, can you help me show this to customers? Can you show this to our consumers? So I, I put together a video on that. And a year later, we actually rolled that out as a software update again, that cars that were sold two years ago now have this Christmas show that they can you know, play and, and entertain their neighbors. Dude, that's awesome. And you got to help with the video side of that too. That must've been pretty fun. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bit stressful. So at the time, you know, Tesla runs very lean and the video team at the time, they just hired a brand new person to start a video team again. Uh, so I was one of the few people at Tesla that was hired specifically with you know, media production, video creation in mind. I wasn't the primary in any way, um, but the guy that was hired wasn't able to come up from LA in time. So it was basically just me running the show on that, on that production. Um, I worked with the engineers, asked them what they could do. You know, is this only available on these three cars? Can you wire it up? So it's, I think I did like a white car on either side of a red car. Um, and so like to direct at that level with these engineers that are paid dramatically more than I am and, and know what they're talking about dramatically more than I am, or was, especially at the time, like that, that was an exciting, fun time. And I just didn't want to fail because I knew that you know, literally two days, I, I have to do this and I have to do this right. And it's going to go to the top and it's going to go public. So, um, as an intern at the time, that was a very exciting project to be on a very, stressful, but also just, I knew that I had enough time. I just, I stayed the whole night and I, I sent the email out, I think at like 6 a.m. as 
as people were walking in in the morning, I was walking out to go home. I, I knew my job was done. Oh man, that kind of takes me back to some of those Oregon days, staying up all night working on projects. But yeah, you, you do what it takes to get the job done. And uh, that's awesome. That's cool that they gave you that kind of responsibility too. Uh, they didn't have a choice if they want Elon wanted a public and other than shooting on an iPhone, you know, to have something that, that, that they were proud of at the time. And, you know, uh, that, that's what was necessary. So I was, I was excited and fortunate to have that opportunity and have people there that were mentors that were able to like, Hey, I'm not able to be there, but here's the three cameras that I would use and I have a high angle here and a low angle there and good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, yeah. To anyone that's listening, go check out a uh, kilowatt on, uh, it's actually the kilowatts on YouTube and you can see a lot of Ryan's uh, style. Like I, I think you do bring a lot of variety of shots and good storytelling to how you showcase these cars. Cause it's like a, a car is a pretty animated thing, but you bring a lot of life to, to those videos and like kind of make it emotional, you know, by doing working your magic and making it look good. So thank you. Uh, no, it, it, it's, it's, I became obsessed with video when I, I basically, you know, I felt that photos don't tell enough of the story. And I really want people to experience what I see, what, what's in my mind's eye. And so really through our, you know, our time at Oregon, I, I really taught myself how to do that, how to deliver what, what I see up here, like in a way that you can also appreciate and see as well. So, and then just editing it down to a, you know, a format that, that, that works. Um, that, that's really been my goal. And it, basically since I, I, since I was at Oregon to, to help people understand the value of various things. And the only way I've found to successfully convey that other than conversations one-on-one -on -one like this it is through, through video. Yeah. It's pretty powerful medium. People can watch it at any time. And yeah, there's a big interest. And I think you guys are, yeah, we've talked about being on the cutting edge, but showcasing a lot of these, you know, cars and talking about the different features. Um, how did, how did like the kilowatts come about? How did you come up with the name and uh, just starting the business in general? Sure. Um, so I guess at a high level, again, I mentioned, I've been thinking about, starting some kind of educational EV uh, focused channel years ago. And so I, I, I did what I could as an employee, I, you know, in a, in a separate account, uh, I, I shared only photos that anyone else could capture, but photos I had captured of my own, uh, you know, one vehicle at the time um, and, and started an account called at my model three. Um, and so it was just a, like, you know, kind of a, a public, but anonymous account uh, kind of, documenting some of my ownership of the vehicle. It was never actually educational. It was just like, hey, here's a pretty picture of a car. Uh, and I always knew that like, I would eventually you know, build a small following there. And if I ever left, I would, I would transition that following into a broader message. So when it, when it became time that I decided to leave my job at Tesla, I was like, okay, what is this new name? At my Model 3 is, is too narrow. It's the Tesla Model 3 focus. Uh, I really want to talk about electric vehicles or even just broader, like you know, any, any kind of... Um, mobility that that brings down the cost and makes it more accessible while also you know sustainable so I, I was like what is that thing that's kind of true throughout all electric vehicles throughout transportation that that you know really like people can attach to and uh, so I, I I thought about various things like I think the name Watson wheels or wheels and watts was kind of tossed around quite a bit um, you know, there, there was, uh, you know, sticking with the, the brand of the actual business that I run with my rental cars, which was uh, kilowatt camping. Uh, the idea being that electric vehicles make it so easy to, you know, go access the outdoors. You can sleep in it, leave the AC on because you're not, you don't have any tailpipe emissions. Uh, so I thought about that, but it was like, well, at the heart of it, it's really just like, it's the kilowatts. It's kind of like, you know, um, the, the, the single thing that carries through all these electric vehicles is that they are run on electricity. So it, it was just, I, I want that. And so I found a way to get the name, just remove the vowels. Uh, so the, you know, the, uh, the handle across all social media is just K-L-W-T-T-S. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And so it was just a matter of, okay, can I find a name that works for me? And then, yeah, I, I went and started building the brand around that. Just like, again, I want to be talking about all of the electric vehicles. There's a lot of Tesla people out there. You know, with, with Tesla in their handle name, but that's not where I want to be two years from now. I recognize that I might be shooting myself a little bit in the foot now by focusing on these other vehicles, but long-term, we're all going to be driving electric and everyone's going to be kind of curious to, to find out what makes theirs the best or what makes the one that they want uh, uh, you know, more accessible for them. Uh, so that, that's really my goal is to help educate and inform to the broader electric vehicle space.
Dude, that's awesome. No, I think I think you're in the right vein there. And yeah, as people transition, as like regulation is even saying, you know, by 2035 that people will be shifting over to electric cars. Like, I, I think you're in, in the right space. And you know, it's a it's a competitive market. I mean, and I think Tesla knows that. So there can be. I mean, I think Toyota, some of these other brands, they're making their own spinoff and versions. So it's um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I think you're like you. And you touched upon some great things like sustainability is a big driver behind a lot of this that, you know, being able to, you know, help the environment and yeah, fossil fuels are kind of, uh, they, I mean, that, that's even in the title, fossil fuels sounds outdated, you know, <laughs> people jokingly call it dinosaur juice. Like I don't run my car on dinosaur juice anymore. Like, cause there is a limited supply of it. And as we, you know, our population continues to grow, uh, it, it does have a shelf life and where electricity, you know, it can be generated a number of different ways. It can be transmitted efficiently and, and you can store it efficiently too. It, it, it's something that you don't need to put additional infrastructure in. We've already got the electric infrastructure. So uh, it, it, we're all gonna be there, whether it's because of regulation costs or just lack of resources. Um, it, it, it's the kind of obvious thing that we have to transition to. So I'm really glad Tesla kind of stepped up and moved the industry in this way because you know, there would be a later point of, of potentially like desperation if we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of seeing that trend early. And that's like, I think I, I, I've only heard a couple of interviews of like kind of Elon Musk's thoughts, but like, as like, he just kind of saw like, that's one way that you can make a big impact like on everyone. That's something that impacts. We all, I mean, most of us have a car and we drive from one place to another and it's like a, you know, something that's emitting, you know, poisonous gas into the atmosphere. So to be able to alleviate that uh, on a massive scale is, is huge. And, and it, it, it goes beyond just electric vehicles and like the, the car sense. Again, even if you don't use it, if you use DoorDash, if you use Uber, you know, we, we need to turn basically all of the transportation, all that can be. The only, you know, there's only a few that can't be transitioned to electric, like rockets. It's kind of ironic. You know, we talk about Elon Musk. I'm a big Elon Musk fan, obviously. Um, but totally. I mean, He's awesome. Yeah. But the only, the only kind of mode of transportation that you really can't turn electric would be rockets. You know, airplanes, it's going to take a little bit longer because of the weight, you know, uh, associated with batteries that it's not as efficient. And we're, we're approaching that point where batteries are becoming, you know, small enough, light enough, cost-effective enough, powerful enough to be used in airplanes and, you know, trains. Like we, we could turn the entire, you know, economy into an electric economy. And that's a very, you know, democratic, uh, you know, economy, actually. It's, it's one that's very accessible. You know, you put in a power line and you can reach anywhere. You put in solar, you can reach anywhere. And, and, and that's really great. You don't have to have you know, a road and a truck that drives there every week and that can charge whatever rates they want. You put in a wire and you supply electricity, uh, obviously at, at, a, at a charge, but even with solar, for example, as long as it's, you know, sustainable solar and it's maintained well, anyone has access to it. And so it, it's, it's a really exciting thing that there's so much solar energy, for example, hitting the earth that we, we can all live on solar energy for, uh, you know, forever, so. A big thank you to our sponsors over at songtub.com. That's right, song or music and a tub, like a bath, but more fun to say, tub, tub. Anyway, you can check out Songtub's website for any of your music needs. In fact, the song playing in the background right now is from Songtub. So why pick them over anyone else? Well, they curate the music. And I know the guys, so that means I know that they're selecting great music for your project. A lot of other companies will brag about how many songs they have, maybe 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million. But honestly, I don't have time for that. I don't have the time to just sit down and go, next, 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 a song, not so great, you know, trying to figure out where the best music is. Songtub.com, great place to get your music. And now I'm excited to offer you the first month for free if you go to songtub.com slash pro, P-R-O, and we have a promo code for you. Yes, that's right. My name, your host, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and that will give you your first month free to have access to a huge music library that you can use towards your next video project, podcast, or any of your general audio needs. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah, if you can harness those things, which is yeah, definitely doable. Um, it's kind of interesting. I feel like the... You know, I'm just trying to think in my head, like why automotives even like started with like oil in general. And I think it's probably just, we didn't know how to harness electricity as well as we do today to be mm -hmm. able to power a vehicle that, you know, weighs you know, two tons a yeah. ton. And, and largely it's, it's the battery technology primarily um, batteries, you know, 
we think what is a, a battery, it, it is actually like, you know, uh, uh, a couple metals, there's the anode, the cathode, um, and they're kind of just separated and you've got electrons that, that transition between the two, but batteries can be so many different things. Any way of storing energy, you know, some people think that hydrogen might be the best battery. That is still a battery. Uh, it's still your, your actual powertrain is running electricity. So if you hear about hydrogen electric vehicles, that, that's what they are. They're, they're electric vehicles that have a hydrogen battery rather than a lithium ion battery. Um, so it's a matter of like, what is the best uh, way to kind of store that energy for later and go long distances? And so, yeah, initially gas uh, or you know, burning fossil fuels was um, you know great store because it, it doesn't really lose its energy over time. You can store it stagnant for a very long time and its energy density is, is, is pretty dang high. Um, the reality is what you're doing is you're actually blowing it up. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, to combustion, actually, yeah. yeah you're, it's a combustion engine, you're blowing up that. And so it, it's not a renewable in that way. Um, and, and it's actually incredibly inefficient as a result of that blow up, you know, it, it's heat that you have to cool down. And, um, and there's a lot of negative stuff, but that, that's really why it came to be in the first place is that it's just incredibly energy dense. People found it, you know, you could just move it around, but electricity, now that the infrastructure is there, now that we have the battery chemistry to store long-term, um, it, it's kind of a no question uh, because, you know, there's less moving parts. There's less that actually has to happen between point A and point B. You don't have to curry the fuel. You know, you could even really pull the fuel. You could pull fossil fuels right out of the ground, burn it and, you know, provide electricity directly to a car, you know, off uh, 200 miles away. And that's still more efficient than actually bringing that fuel all the way to the car, having the car run on gas. So it, it, it's, the formula is kind of flipped and electricity makes more sense now. And I think it's just a matter of helping people see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And thank you kind of for explaining a lot of that at a high level. Cause it's, it's, it's interesting. Like they've made the electric cars so good now that a lot of them, like you have speed. Like, I think that was a big thing is like, people are like, Oh, are they going to be fast? And then uh, they wound up surpassing with speed and surpassing with a style and look like they have this like futuristic look that they've gone for. So yeah, I mean, you doing these test drives and getting like close to sub four seconds is in uh, 60 seconds is pretty, or 60 uh, miles per hour in less than four seconds is unbelievable. Oh, they're, they're so much faster than that now too. I, I mean, you can you can buy for less than $100,000, you can buy like a, I think I a 2.1 or 2.2 second Model S. Uh, and that's, you can fit four, or sorry, five people in that. You even used to, the old ones used to be able to fit seven people. It's a, like a saloon car. Um, it, 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 electricity is scalable. The reality is no one really had scaled it to that degree in the commercial you know, application. So you're used to seeing golf carts that had it because the batteries weren't there enough. And so the, the motors were designed for those batteries. Now we're you know, approaching, well, let's design something that's designed to be a race car. And so you're seeing companies like Lotus designing the, uh, I might pronounce this improperly, but the uh, Avoja, it's uh, th that's like a, a true race car, a hypercar, 100% electric, because you can basically deliver power at incredibly high rates um, with electricity. You know, it's just a matter of designing the motor and the battery to, to move those electrons in the right way quick enough. And it just, it wasn't done before. You know, they're going from a golf cart to a Prius, uh, but now we're actually designing from the ground up to be like, okay, what is the ideal? And the ideal with electric is so much more powerful. We're, we're at the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> it's going to yeah. become unsafe just how quick these cars can, can go. <laughs> yeah. And you've actually helped with some like race competitions, right? You've been a part of those? In a way I have. So I, uh, uh, I was asked to help with the media at um, the Pikes Peak competition this last year with the Unplugged Performance. There were three Teslas out there racing and I was asked to kind of document it. And so I'll, I'll kind of cut to the chase. Um, it was not a perfect year. You know, we had two of the three uh, Model 3s go off track. And, um, you know, fortunately, uh, the, the one individual who was injured in, in his Model 3 um, I think he's pretty near to recovery now. Um, he had a, a, a spinal injury uh, from going off into the trees, um, just again, going, going too fast. Uh, and similarly, Randy Pope's our driver for Unplugged Performance went off higher up on the mountain during one of the practice days and uh, we had to repair the car. And so in a way I was meant to be there just as media, but I ended up helping just you know, get parts, uh, provide like meals, 
Um, really, to, again, we wanted to have at least two electric vehicles up there, show there's a competition up there of these electric vehicles. And uh, it, was, it was a really exciting year being there, both shooting media throughout, trying to document this process while also actually directly helping the team in order to you know, achieve going back up on the mountain. And you know, hopefully in about a month or so here, we'll have a, a kind of a, a documentary video to put out on that whole experience. It was really you know, a story of perseverance and, and just an exciting time. The, the, the two uh, Teslas ended up finishing uh, first and second in their class of I think like 10 or 12 cars. So again, electric, uh, especially at high elevations where you don't need combustion, electric is excelling because you don't need to you know, compress air to then light a fire. It's just get some electricity to those tires. Oh my gosh, dude. That, that, I mean, you just described that sounds like an epic story. So that's exciting. Um, you helped with their team. Is it going to be on the kilowatts or is it going to be on uh, their main site? Yeah. The so it, the, the full documentary will be a part of the, the kilowatts. Um, fortunately, that was kind of like something I'm producing on my own. They asked me to help and be out there and document their experience. So that they will also have like a, you know, a sub cut of a, a version that, that focuses more on the unplugged performance story. This, this company is pretty exciting in, in that they are seeing that you know Tesla is kind of the premier uh, company, but they are designing for kind of the, the mass market. So even though the Tesla Model S can go to zero to sixty in like two point two seconds, um, you know it, aesthetically it doesn't look like a two point two second car. And so um, you know this company uh, Unplugged Performance will take your car, you know, reduce some weight put some better aerodynamics on there and they'll, they'll sell you what's called like the you know, model s apex or the uh they've got the model three ascension project and so you can basically buy upgrades or even a completed car that looks like the you know track ready vehicle that it is and 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 you know, go to the drag strip and even beat the stock ones because of just some of these more minor tame you know intentional aerodynamic and, and weight reduction designs. And again, they, they completely stripped the interior, did some additional cooling for that Pikes Peak car. And you can even get some of those, you know, to really improve the performance because, you know, even though it is electric, there are still some restrictions with heat because you're moving. Yeah, that's heat. what I was going to ask. They still emit a little bit of heat. So you have to kind of yes. cool those things down. There, wow. There's still ideal conditions uh, for all these vehicles. Um, the, the, the power band for a Model S, for example, you, know, you can you can take it to the track. Uh, you can take it to the drag strip. Do really well at drag strip, but you can take it to the track. It's going to be power limited because it's just got this ideal of of heat in order to transfer electrons the fastest again between those two metals, the anode, the cathode, and to get it through that motor without you know overheating. So there's still a little bit of that, but the model uh, the model S came out a while ago, and they're going to improve that with the uh, Plaid edition. Uh, the Model 3, they learned from some of that and put better cooling, better, uh, better thermal systems in. And so now you can take a 15, 20 minute track session at full power with the Model 3. The only reason why we had even additional um, kind of cooling on uh, the Pikes Peak cars is just because Randy Popes is a truly professional driver. He's going up an incredibly high mountain and we, we just don't want any power limiting at all. Uh, so we, uh, our intent was to have that work. And, and unfortunately, because the car had been totaled when we repaired it, you know, we didn't, we didn't need that thermal uh, management because there were other things that, that went wrong. So. Gotcha. Wow. Dude, you, uh, you know, your stuff, some of that <laughs> definitely goes over my head. Like it's, uh, it, it's exciting to see like someone so passionate about like all of this and you've been able to take like two passions. I think that's why you've been so successful. It's like taking your passion for video storytelling and then for electric vehicles. Um, Thank do you, you have anything? Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's probably to like young videographers or people looking to start a business. I think that's like the best way of going about it. Like taking two things and fusing them together. Cause no one else can really do that. Thank you. It, it really, for me, it just comes down to like, again, I just want people to see what I see. And I, it's hard for me to like convince people. I don't want to argue with people. I just want to show them what's possible. And so that that's, that's my goal with what I'm doing at the kilowatts is just to show like, Hey, did you know you can do this? And hopefully enough people, you know, share that with their friends and be like, Hey, did you know you could do this? And, and so, yeah, I, I'm just really excited because I can basically do what I love in, in, while creating these videos and just help people understand that there's like a massive value here that's being overlooked. Dude, that's awesome. Um, I did want to touch upon uh, like kind of sustainable or not sustainability, but I saw one of, one of your videos, like a functionality where you guys were uh, like one of your main things that you're looking for in the vehicle is to be able to like camp on top of it, which I guess is kind of sustainable, but like, do you want to talk about camping and using smart, uh, you know, electric vehicles? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the idea here with that is like, you know, there's a lot of, 
I don't know how to put this. There's there's a lot of different ways that people use cars today, and 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 one you know way obviously is is for like you know RV and camping and whatnot. And I think there's a you know a, a long tail of that conversation there. But what what is like kind of the the current state is like yeah if you if you you know take your car out to the woods you generally bring like a separate tent put it on the ground and you know you're you're good to go well a lot of people that go like more long term camping or or prefer to go a little bit further off the beaten path in order to not have like you know put their bed down on a rocky section of road they'll they'll actually put like a tent on top of their car and I, I basically you know found out about that and um, was like well why why can't I put it on a Tesla you can put it on the back of a pickup truck why can't you put it on on a Tesla and people are like oh well there's you know the glass up there and you don't you know you don't want to take that risk but it's like it doesn't really sit on the glass though does it <laughs> uh and so you know the, the roof rack doesn't sit on the glass it sits on the metal frame and uh I, I basically did enough research to say like well no one else is doing this yet it's kind of different again showing what, what can be done uh so I, I i i got one of those like little uh pop-up tents that can sit on top of the car and try it out and, and really i i mostly just want to see what what was the better experience because with especially the, the Model 3 when it first came out, now the Model Y and, and the Model S and X, you can often fold the seats down and, and they, since rolling out, because there's enough an audience that does this, you can actually turn on what's called camp mode and use some of the battery to condition the car. And you know if you reach below like 20% of your remaining range, it will shut that off. So I, 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 what you saw was kind of me comparing and contrasting, like, hey, did you know, not only can you put this on top of your car. Yes, it does eat into a little bit of your efficiency. Yes, it does cost a bit of your range, but it's kind of fun, unique and different. Didn't know you could do that. At the same time, did you know that your car is capable of doing this without the tent on top? So what I really wanna do, and I haven't had the chance to do yet, is go on like a couple's trip. Me and my girlfriend, um, you know, my, my buddy Kyle and his girlfriend, and basically we'll drive out there in one car once, once we're able to with, you know, COVID restrictions uh, released. Um, we'll go drive out there in one car, uh, you know, we'll put them on the top, we'll sleep in the air conditioned car on the bottom and have all of our stuff, you know, these cars that seem pretty small with the front trunk and the rear trunk, you could really have like a, you know, uh, a weekend away, at, like as a couple's trip out into the woods somewhere and drive back all on electric, you know, you, again, no emissions because you left your, your, your air conditioning on, you're, you're, you're safe to do that. It's, it's kind of an idealistic way of like exploring the world is just that you could yeah, run on solar electricity and camping your vehicle along the way. I think that there's a, a almost like a, a, you know, even if it's not with couples, for example, it's a, it's a romantic idea that you can just, you know, plug in any way you want, like a toaster and just go enjoy the outdoors without worrying that you're, you know, having a negative impact on it. Wow. Just to know that's even possible. Um, I know, I think for many of us, I've had to sleep in their car being able to have your air conditioning on the whole time that sounds like a dream come true that would that may, that would make the experience like 70 percent more enjoyable you know way more enjoyable for you i i i you know i've got a story about almost everything you're saying and on that one like they're uh way back in like 2019 no 2018 i want to say i i was going on a ski trip and you know we're, uh, here in california not everyone's prepared for heavy snow and this ended up being like one of the biggest weekends of snow so obviously i want to get up there I, I invite my buddy daniel to come up he's actually from the university of oregon as well um we we, we drove up uh to, to the snow and 11 hours in we haven't even made it to boreal which is the first kind of like ski uh stop along the way um, but it's 11 hours in, we're, we're exhausted. Um, and it, you know, it's late at night and we just decided to pull over. Well, we, we plug into it, you know, there's a little EV charger there at, at Boreal where we're going to squall in the morning. And so we just plug in, we turn the heater on, we're comfortable. You know, it, it, it's freezing that we get, I think we wake up and we can almost hardly open the doors. We had to like, you know, check by opening the windows first, just to make sure it's not, too <laughs> but we had at least, I think six or eight inches of snow on the car except for on the glass where it had been heated up because we were, we were running the, the car warm all night long. We had enough range to basically enjoy the rest of our trip and get back down the hill all the way back down to San Francisco from there because we, we were charging up all night long and, and staying warm. Dude, that is awesome. So, yeah, yeah. who <laughs> yeah, would who, have thought? Yeah, that must, that's so cool Like that the car can even do that because you leave a regular car on for longer than, I don't know, an hour and a half and then you have to worry about you know CO2 emissions you know, some bad stuff can really happen to you. And then, yeah, and your battery could die. You could end up stranded there. Where, like, again, we did have the benefit of where we stopped. We actually were able to plug in our REV, but like in a way you, you, you if you were to do that with a gas station, <laughs> there's a lot more that you have to consider. Um, and, and what we were able to do with, you know, with our electric vehicle, it was, it was just so enjoyable. It was like, you know, it, no problem there. And then we were one of the first ones at the mountain the next morning because we were, we were all feeling good, ready to go.
Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys are the first ones there getting getting that fresh powder. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, well, I always like to ask, you know, fellow video producers, like what's what's your favorite part about the video production process? Yeah, I, and the, the uh, let's see. I mean, we think about the the true process, you know, obviously you got you know, the setup, the filming, editing, directing. I mean, you wear a ton of hats. Like you, you're, you're similar to me where you do everything from concept to finished video. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you're kind of Jack of all trades. So yeah. What, yeah. Whatever, whatever is your favorite. Uh, I, I want to say filming is, but I, because I'm filming myself and I'm, I'm like, I'm much more, uh, much better in this kind of environment where I'm you know, on a, in a dialogue. And right now it's primarily me in front of the camera. Um, so I want to say it's the shooting um, of it. You know, storyboarding can be fun, but I'm just I like shooting just things that are happening live. So I, I'm gonna say shooting, but I also like when it, like I'm actually like done and just like socializing. <laughs> out there. So so I'll kind of say both. I don't I don't I love the whole the whole process, but there's also a lot of parts that I'm just like I wish this was easier. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, like setting up lights and putting up the camera gear and yeah yeah, yeah and, and storyboard and storyboarding too. It's all of it. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Like once you have the f the final product and you're able to just like share it out there in the world and um, yeah, you guys do a lot of like for, for the YouTube channel, you just throw it up there like kind of organically, right? And you guys- are I, I, try to, I try to socialize it both on like the kilowatts, you know, social media and like have like unique like photos or short video clips for Instagram. Um, and then, you know, if it's one that I'm maybe like more proud of and or think it needs like a little bit more initial traction, I'll share it from my personal accounts. I try to- not overwhelm my, my uh, you know, friends that aren't as interested in electric vehicles at this time, you know, maybe when they're not in the market for a vehicle yet um, or at, at that time. So I try not to overwhelm my personal social media with it yet, but I definitely, I, I say that, but probably 90% of my, my videos end up on my personal social media as well. Uh, and I'm using LinkedIn more as well, um, kind of just, you know, being more public about my experience. I am starting something from nothing and it's not something to be ashamed of. And I definitely need some help from, from, you know, my network to, to help get it out there. Um, you know, at, at a later point in time, hopefully this will be a big enough channel where it's like a household name, but you know, the kilowatts is not yet that I have, I think maybe less than 2000 followers across each of the social platforms. That's not a sustainable number. It's not a sustainable business model yet, but, uh, you know, but you gotta start somewhere. You've been growing that over the course of time and yeah, yeah. But, but, I, that, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, it, it, you, I've got to invest in, I've got to just admit that like, Hey, I, I need help from, from people that are following me. So, you know, this podcast, for example, helping people see kind of where my mind's at, I'm definitely gonna be putting this out there because I, I, I want people to see where I'm coming from on this and, and that, you know, I'm making these videos really for the, the hopefully the, the greater good of us all. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, talking about, I don't think there's any shame, like using your own uh, platform your own brand that you've built over the course of your career uh, I, just to, wanna, I just don't want to overwhelm people because i put out a lot of content <laughs> yeah exactly um no i think that's great and then you talked about like yeah having a dialogue or like talking on camera can be a challenge do you have anything that you've like learned over making a handful of videos of like you know how, how to make the camera more welcoming more warm and friendly to talk to it's not the camera it's me <laughs> i mean I, I i i've thought about you know you could, some of the cameras, you can flip out the camera or the, the uh, review and like, look at yourself. Uh, for the most part, it's just me. It's all, it's all between here. And I, I just need to get over myself, you know, in a, in a conversation like this, I can stumble on a word. I can stumble on a phrase and, and move beyond it. And I'm, I'm trying to be more comfortable with that. But I mean, like early on, one of my first videos was just like for me to like try out what is it like having me in front of the camera. And so I, I went, I wrapped my cars with vinyl wrap. It's something I've done before. And I wanted to talk people through Hey, did you know you could do this? It doesn't really help the environment. It's not really on the EV trend, um, but it's something that you can do to make your cars unique. And uh, Tesla's, you know, they're going to be kind of everywhere in their expensive cars. A lot of people want to make them unique. So I, I did that. And I remember this one shot where I, I jumped into the front trunk just to look at the camera head on and I hopped back out of the trunk and, um, and kind of move on with to, on to the next part of the clip. I'm, I'm getting out of the car, kind of rounding the car. And so I just, you know, say hi to the camera on the way. I recorded that clip at least 80 times. I've told people, I think it might've been a hundred times. And I, I literally, I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell your viewers here, I, I, I bruised my butt. I, I was sore the next day because I, I'd gotten in and gotten out so many times. I mean, I don't think many people can say that. You, know, you, don't, you don't get up and down more than a hundred times in a day, probably. I, I, had, I, I was sore the next day because I'd, I'd kind of fallen back into the, this front trunk so many times trying to get this right. And I was so frustrated with myself because I was so worried about the specific words that I had to say. It wasn't even scripted. I just 
I want to get these like five ideas across in 30 seconds and I couldn't do it. And so it's just a matter of now just accepting like, okay, as long as the ideas are there, if you stutter, if you, you know, if you stop, progress through because it's authentic. It's what, again, I just stuttered there. It, it, it's who you are and people mostly relate to authenticity. Perfection is not what they're looking for. It's, it's something that they can relate to and say, oh, I am like that guy. I am someone who will be consuming electric vehicles. Uh, and so that's really what I'm trying to challenge myself is just to accept um, imperfection as a, a reality of the world of, of video production. Totally, totally. And I think, yeah, get, getting injured on a shoot is all part of the process. And that's, you know, just dedication to uh, the craft right there. And um, <laughs> that's it's awesome. Embarrassing one, but it, it's true. And I think it, it can be, again, it can be relatable by not sharing that. I make it seem like it's this perfect thing, but it, it, it's a journey. It's a process. Yeah, it definitely takes time. And I think in the early stages, and I think that's a lot of the viewers will relate to this, like when you're making your first like three videos, that's all the videos you have. So you like want them to like your first video to be perfect because it's all you have to show. But like once you have a bit of a channel built out and you've like done 10 or so, you're like, okay, I know people, like people watching know that this, like this isn't all I have to show. This isn't like, you know, all I have to represent. So once you have a better, a bigger database and just knowing that you can create, you know, videos of all different types, all different kinds. Like you have short videos, you have long videos, you have a good variety in there. Thank you. And that, that is something that I, I think, especially you know, if, if you're someone like me, that's trying to effectively become like the influencer, you know, a, a video producer in that way, it's, it's easy to fall into the traps of, Oh, YouTube prefers if my videos are eight or 10 minutes, because that's how, you know, you make money. Um, I really want to get, you know, a thousand subscribers. So I need to do a campaign to do that at the beginning. You've just got to create, you've just got to dive in I've had conversations with some people now that are like actually like, you know, surprisingly already think I've, I've achieved some level of success and are asking for advice. And I'm like, do not try to do anything but create stories that you would actually care to watch. It, it, that is your priority. Anything else is water under the bridge until you actually have like a true following, until you have something that's sustainable and you are able to deliver on that frequently. That's why, again, like that first video was not even focused really on the electric vehicles. It was me customizing my electric vehicles, but it doesn't do anything for the sustainability message because I just had to create something and I knew I would care too much. It was like, oh, well, here's why the Model Y is better than Model 3 or better than a, you know, a BMW, whatever. I didn't want to deliver that message until I was ready and capable of doing that. So it, it, it really, it's a matter of like putting out your practice as actual performance and then just getting used to performing at, at you know, whatever level you're able to deliver and you know, having fun with it. Because if you're not having fun with it, you're not gonna do well and you're not gonna deliver well and people aren't gonna see that. And so I, I, I hope I deliver that here in, on, on this podcast, for example, that, that the core of it is you have to be excited about what you're doing to, to, to succeed here, I believe. And so that's what I'm trying to do is just make content that I'm excited about and would wanna watch and hope that others want that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, yeah, trying to you know be someone that you're not or create something that you're just like, doesn't excite you um like i'm sure you're in the same way like when you've made a video you put a lot of work into it you're like oh i kind of want to watch that again myself even though you like made it so it's like yeah it's very very interesting and yeah trying to get that passion to keep you going through because it's easy you know especially on camera you can like beat yourself up you're like oh i'm tripping on these words to just like you know keep going in that cycle but to take a break and be like okay you know this does take time and working through a lot of those challenges um you know it, it's worth it in the end i think so yeah Dude. Um, yeah. Do you have any other tips for um, maybe people who are just starting a business or maybe, you know, if people are looking to gain their first electric vehicle? Uh, sure. I mean, on both of that, I think, I think for like starting on business, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that you've got like a runway that you're comfortable with. Cause you've got to be able to like take risks. I think anytime you start a business, it's a major risk. Um, and I, I think like a lot of people, you know, try to gauge that, that risk and, and Obviously you want to go in it with as, as much you know, time as you possibly could have, but also don't wait too long. So I, I guess finding that right time and, um, for me was, you know, with, with, with COVID coming down, I, I was fortunately like, like uh, I working at Tesla for several years, investing pretty aggressively in the company I worked at. I was as wealthy as I had ever been right at the start of COVID, um, which meant I had like basically enough funds to pay for my essentials of living for more than two years. Um, I would say that's actually almost like too long for some people. If you've got a passion and, and, and you know the craft uh, well, I, I would say you almost don't necessarily need that. But I also would say on the flip side, you know, you should almost always try to have in your savings enough for 
at least three to six months of, you know, emergency expenses, because it, this, this has showed us more than ever how important that is. And, you know, um, when you're calculating your expenses, include healthcare that your, you know, your employer might be providing you. But in a way, like I, I saw a headwind coming, uh, you know, I, I thought maybe in the next three to six months, I might be let go from Tesla just because they might not need as much. I was on the recruiting operations team, if I haven't already said that. And I was afraid, you know, Tesla, while I think they'll be successful long-term, they're probably, in my opinion at that time, wasn't needing um, someone to focus on like the, the structure and the media marketing of, of their recruiting efforts. At, at least as many people as we had, we had a, a team of like about four or five of us on different aspects of that. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I've been wanting this for a while. Um, I've got the, the time here when the, when the economy is gonna be kind of different, maybe slower, and I might be out of a job anyways in, in a little bit. So, you know, now's the time. And so I, I would say that's probably the most important thing is just making that decision for yourself, leaving yourself enough time and, uh, and money to basically try what you wanna do to the nth degree. You know, I, I've rented a film studio here in San Francisco, which is incredibly expensive. Um, but I also got a, a major discount on it because of COVID. They're not going to fill out this building. So I, I, I'm in the process of now trying to fill out the building as well, um, you know, with COVID protocols in mind. Um, but yeah, knowing when and where to take the risk, always be thinking about what your backup plan is. And yeah, when there, when there is, when the, when the stars align and you've got the financial wherewithal to like take that risk, but also, you know, go back and job search if it doesn't work out, I would say it's almost always worth trying because you never know what's possible unless you, you give it a shot. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, you, and I think your story is pretty relatable for a lot of people during in, in COVID, you know, I think this has been such a radical shift for so many people. It's kicked some people into retirement. They're like, I'm not learning new software, not doing this, but then also there's people that like maybe got let go of a job or they're saying this, you know, this is a good time to build a business, you know, and if not now, when, and, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. It's a really interesting thing. And I don't know how much, you know, your viewers may have thought about this or considered this, but it's something that, you know, the businesses generally start in, in recessions, big businesses, really any business, you know, when, when, when labor is kind of depressed because you've got all these talented people that are available to help you build on your vision. And so that's what like, I'm partly trying to take advantage of here now is like, again, I've got a space that other people can start their businesses in. Uh, this kind of space wouldn't be priced this low if, you know, it weren't for some of this. So like, if you've done like and it does take a lot of time and strategy and careful decision making this is not like a given but if you have the kind of opportunity um to do it already you know a, a recession is potentially one of the best times to to start something new to start a business and, and grow it because there, there's people out there that are willing and able to help because they're going to need jobs and they're very talented people that just you know unfortunately their companies didn't need them at that time so uh, I would say if you're considering it now is still potentially a very good time. It's again, as long as you can build out the runway and you've got something that you're passionate about that you can see a path to where you're providing value, then I'd say give it a shot. A cactus knows how to survive. It can endure scorching heat, limited rainfall, and defends itself against critters daily. Your business is no different. To survive harsh conditions, it's important to develop deep roots using media content that'll continuously nourish and support your marketing efforts day after day. Tactus Media is here to help you determine a strategy and create media content. Together, let's map out the next sequence of videos, podcasts, and social media to help your business thrive. Work with Tactus Media, media tactics that stick. Ouch! Visit tactusmedia.com to learn more. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's yeah, good perspective. Yeah, there's a lot more talent out there than ever and a lot more, you know, free time for people and a lot of people are at home so they can help you with their projects or with your projects. And yeah, even, um, even, just, even just commuting less, you know, someone might be able to donate two hours to consult on, hey, I just, I need your thoughts on, you know, uh, negotiation. I need your thoughts on this video. I've been getting a lot more feedback from people on my videos because they've got the time to spend five minutes to review it rather than sitting in traffic just to go you know, take care of their kids in the evening. Uh, it, people have time in a really unique way right now. And so, you know, if you've already created a network of good people, you know, lean on them. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're helping people out by producing content, helping them kind of, yeah, get educated, maybe escape for a little bit, feel like they're actually there with you in the car. Um, you know, as you're not breaking records, but doing some really cool stuff well, going up to, well, you know, I mean, I am breaking records too. Um, uh, back in 2017, when I almost first quit my job, I actually, I, I set the electric vehicle record, the cross country, electric vehicle record for the quickest uh, vehicle coast to coast from uh, LA to New York City. And I tried again this last summer 
Um, and uh, I won't get into some of the specifics, but with uh, some of the recent Tesla announcements, um, there might be another opportunity, even potentially before the end of the year to, to be the quickest. So in less than two days, driving from LA to New York. Wow. In less than two days, yeah, dude, what are you, um, obviously minimum breaks to do something like that. And then you're pra- packing a lot of your food along the way. Uh, so, I mean, the reality with, with, with like the supercharging is it takes about 15 to 25 minutes to, to get a, you know, a reasonable amount of charge. You can get a full charge in about an hour, but the majority of the charge that you want to get would be in like the first like 25 minutes and 25 minutes is plenty of time to go use the restroom and you'll go get lunch. Uh, so you can even uh, reduce weight there. So it's, it's called the you know EV cannonball run. There's you know, internal combustion engines have been doing this and actually during the time of COVID there's you know less traffic. I don't necessarily advise the speeds that they travel at, but even traveling like just the speed limit, taking advantage of higher speed charging and longer range batteries, you can really do some incredible things like you know, do what's kind of the unexpected and you know go have a, a relatively reasonable pace and, 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 and set a record driving across the country. Wow. And I'm guessing you, you must've did that. You must've done that solo to try to keep weight down and everything. So, I mean, I, I'm not an endurance driver. Uh, so I, I was leaning on one friend and we were swapping and one person was sleeping either in the passenger seat or seatbelt, seatbelted uh, in the rear. Um, and, and yeah, so we would swap, uh, you know, every two or three stops. Uh, I've had some really good friends go on these journeys with me, actually some, some lifelong friends uh, go on these really unique journeys. So yeah, like I, I'm really just trying to show across the board, hey, here's what's possible. Everything from like, as a consumer, did you know that Ford is coming out with an awesome electric vehicle to, hey, we're going to take our Tesla across the country in, in less time than you've ever even thought about going across the country. Dude, that's wild. Um, did, did you document a little bit of that or is, can people yes. find like a video to check yep. that out? Yeah, so they're obviously not getting the same kind of traction as some of my other YouTube videos, but just like a straight time lapse as well. We, we did have, I did have like one video that's a, it's a conversation of the last three. So I've, I've effectively given it three attempts across the country. In 2017, we set the record, which was later beat by Alex Roy almost like a month and a half later. Um, and it's been beat about three or four other times. The record is currently held by, I think his name is uh, well, Kyle, Kyle Connor from Outer Spec Motoring. But if you want to see our record attempts, as well as just a video that talks about the record and kind of why I feel like it matters, there's a kind of a total of four videos there to, to go check out on our channel. And hopefully there'll be a, a fifth in the next couple months. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, kudos to you. That sounds like, man, long distance driving. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not an endurance driver. So that, that, that sounds so, so intimidating to me. But like, kudos for you guys for one, doing it and like still attempting it. Because that's uh, yeah, not an easy feat by any means. Thank you. Um, well, any future predictions? Um, I don't even know, like, do you know some of the stats on like out now of like what percentage of people are on electric vehicles or like any, not to put you on the spot or anything, but I wish I researched this before, but uh, I believe that, um, I think in the U S at least we're still below 5%. I think we might even be below like 2% total electric vehicle adoption. And keep in mind, it, it takes about uh, 10 years for, you know, even, even if every single new car being sold today was electric, it would take more than 10 years to like fully kind of re- get everyone else off the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. To get all the old ones off the road. And, and so, and, and obviously there's, no, there's not really a necessarily a, a, an urgency unless your car is inefficient. Like if you've got a, if you've got a Prius, uh, if you've got any like hybrid or, or, or a well-built um, you know, gas vehicle, you shouldn't necessarily like intend on swapping just tomorrow. But when that car reaches its end of life, um, swapping to it, you know, that, that's what, that's where the difference is going to be made. So the next 10 years, we're going to see a massive change, but even still today, like if the entire market decide they only want electric vehicles, there's not enough battery supply. There's not enough, uh, automotive manufacturers working on this to transition us just directly. So, um, yeah, we, we need to start making that transition. I think we're probably, you know, about five years from where it's like the obvious decision for almost every consumer, every government, like where electric vehicles are going to be the, the no brainer decision. Like a pickup truck is the perfect example. There isn't currently a good electric pickup truck out on the market, but there's five companies, including actually, you know, by the time it, uh, someone's watching this, the Hummer truck will be uh, unveiled. So that GMC is bringing back the Hummer brand um, with, uh, an all electric super truck. So we'll see actually, tonight. I, mean, I will see tonight. Our viewers will already know what, what, whether this is actually worth mentioning or not, <laughs> but like there's not an electric truck, right. That, that's, that's good and on the market yet, but there will be very soon. Uh, so I think in the next five years, it'll kind of be like the market will be covered where it's like probably the best decision within 10 years, it will be clearly the best decision. And within 20 years, 
you won't be buying a gas vehicle for almost any reason. Like, you know, you're not buying a horse for transportation. So you might buy a, a gas vehicle or an, an internal combustion engine vehicle for maybe the track, but even then electric vehicles would be better on the track. So, you know, what do you want? The rumble, the noise, the gear shifting, or do you want like the, <laughs> the novelty of it all? All the people that yeah. want their, they it want their Honda Civics, more, you know, <laughs> in our lifetime people, there will be some novelty of a Honda Civic for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Or, you know, all those old Mustangs and things like that, dude, it's, but that those are great predictions. And I think, yeah, I would, I think the world needs it, you know, for, you know, the sake of, you know, we're seeing like global warming and things like that. So it's just, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's a no brainer, but it's also, yeah, game buy-in and then having the demand and the manufacturing to be there to meet that demand. So. It, you got to align all the incentives and it, it, you got to transition the industry. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. I mean, we could have a whole separate discussion about, you know, how you know well unions are a very good thing for some uh, and, and really especially needed at certain times in our world in a way the way that unions are structured it prevents some of these auto manufacturers from transitioning quicker because obviously you can't just put that entire manufacturing line to unemployment and that manufacturing line was built to build internal combustion engine vehicles you can't just like you know, if, if Ford, GM, Chrysler, all these companies wanted to just switch over tomorrow, even if they had like all the batteries they could possibly have to transition the workforce in that way and to put all those robots in place, you'd have so many unemployed for that period of time. So it, there's, it, it's a really fundamental structural problem that does take time to, ch to change. It's not just, oh, electric vehicles are better. Let's just all get them. Um, you know, we, we need as an economy and as a world, we need to make this transition. We need to make it at the right pace as soon as possible. Um, but it's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big kind of structural changes. And no, I think that's, that's great insights. Um, and then I would imagine are Europeans a little bit ahead of the curve on Americans on this is a international kind of, you know, toe, toe, yeah. toe there. there there's, a, there's a, uh, Europeans are ahead. Uh, honestly, Asia, specifically China is actually very ahead uh, because as I kind of alluded to with like the politics of like unions there, um, China has really invested in trying to get ahead of, the US and Europe. And so they've just sw switched the majority of their economy to really focus on electric vehicles, electric mobility. You know, they actually, they allowed Tesla to come over there and be one of the first, uh, actually the first uh, American manufacturer to uh, produce a, on like a wholly owned building. I, no, normally, you know, if you're, if you're uh, Jeep Chrysler, Fiat, Fiat Chrysler, whatever that, that conglomerate is, if you want to come over to China, you've got to sign with a Chinese manufacturer. And it's basically a Chinese owned and operated building making your cars. Uh, Tesla's one of the first ones there because they really, really want that electric vehicle technology to be, they want to be the hub of that. And so it's a matter of, you know, the, the, the US, you know, while we have a lot of the engineering prowess, uh, China is absolutely investing in doing the same. Europe has some legislation pushing for the same, more on the consumer end. You, you have to invest both in the, you know, the logistics, uh, you actually need like the supply chain to really be there. And there's a lot of investing there, like, you know, in lithium and i can go off on all this but yeah there's a lot of different variables at play yeah you need you need you need the the politicians to see the value and also see the depth of the food chain uh to make this transition and and while we are doing pretty well and we have some of the best products we definitely have a lot uh that are, are, are dragging a lot of uh manufacturers that that need to kind of pick up some steam so again i'm excited to see what the hummer looks like for that reason and see what their their plans are with that vehicle yeah, that's very exciting because the Hummer was like notorious for just burning fuel, right? <laughs> exactly. It's it, 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 you know you're turning the page in a big way there if, if they're yeah. able to put out a good product. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, taking a car that guzzles gas and uh, even the semi trucks that are known for using a lot of gas. Who knows? Maybe I'll have an electric uh, airplane if that doesn't already exist. Um, there, there are some prototypes. It's just a matter yeah. of you know getting, making that transition, getting the cost down low enough, and going to manufacturing, having the, having all the safety protocols there for the new infrastructure. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's happening. It's happening yeah. right now. That's awesome. Well, Ryan, this has been great having you on the podcast. How can uh, customers or listeners of the audience, how can they connect with you and uh, you know learn more about your brands? Sure. So yeah, first of all, I'm Ryan Levinson. Uh, you can find me online. Just generally, it's called The Kilowatts, uh, Kilowatt Media. So kilowatt.media is my website. Other than that, it's uh, the kilowatts or KLWTTS on pretty much all social media platforms. And if people want to, they can uh, add me on LinkedIn as well with uh, Ryan Levinson. So that's awesome. Yeah. And we'll put all that info in the show notes. Ryan, this has been truly a blast. I, I, I love talking with someone that's so passionate. I think it definitely shines through that, like, 
you love talking about this stuff and it's very exciting watching your business grow and watching you uh, really, you know, feed the, fulfill this need for people to learn and become more educated about the benefits of electric vehicles and uh, yeah, wishing you the best of luck with everything. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate your time. I, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. See where this goes. Totally, totally. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, people look forward to the Hummer launch, even though this will be a couple weeks after it's already launched. But yeah, let us uh, know how it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Vidmark, a place for all your video marketing needs. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and tune in every Thursday morning on either iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. For a behind the scenes look and some bonus tips, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, good luck with your video marketing efforts. And remember, always hit the mark.